Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid. Father P.J., good morning. Good morning. Let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who from living and chosen stones prepared an eternal dwelling for your majesty, increase in your church the spirit of grace you have bestowed, so that by new growth your faithful people may build up the heavenly Jerusalem. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father PJ, if I ask in you, what is the best church that you had visited? What really, in a remarkable manner, called your attention? Mm. In the whole world? Yes. The reason that I ask you is today, the Holy Mother, the church, commemorate that dedication of the Lateran Basilica. Mm -hmm. So the Lateran Basilica is, is the Cathedral Church of Rome. People think of St. Peter's as sort of the Pope's home base, but it's really the Lateran is, is, where, um, is where all this happened, which is why, you know, there's, there are no um, councils of St. Peter's, but there are several councils of the Lateran. Um, and, uh, and we celebrate the dedication of the major basilicas in Rome, and every parish church should, uh, if it's been solemnly dedicated, celebrate the anniversary of its own dedication, because the dedication of a church is a kind of a birthday. Uh, the, the solemn dedication of a church uh, is a rite that, that involves sort of baptizing the building. The bishop goes all over the inside and, and, and coats the walls with holy water and anoints them with oil like they're being confirmed. Right. Uh, uh, the, uh, a, a flaming brazier is lit on the altar and, and, and incense is offered. And then, of course, the sacrifice itself is offered on the altar so that the building sort of receives communion for the first time. And once that happens... The Blessed Sacrament is is uh, reserved in the building for the first time. So the building has literally received communion. So the dedication of a church is, 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 a, is a very solemn liturgical rite. If you ever get the chance to go to one, do. Um, but the reason we celebrate the anniversaries is because it's sort of like celebrating the anniversary of our baptism. This is when something new began in the life of faith in the church. When we're talking about that dedication of the church, so... A minimum request, mm -hmm. may, may I say that, to mm -hmm. celebrate the Holy Mass. But traditionally, the Holy Mother of the Church have an, a clear guidelines what we expect, what we expect for the place that will be celebrated the Holy Sacrifice itself. Yeah. So, so the Church has always recognized that there are um, genuine instances of, of uh, emergent need where you can't celebrate in a consecrated space. The missions are the most obvious place here. When you go to bring Christ someplace, they're not going to have a church already built for you, right? Um, but there are other instances too, wartime or famine or something like that, right? But that in general, the place where sacraments are to be celebrated and the solemn worship of the church and the Holy Eucharist to be offered is to be in a, in a solemn and dedicated space. And there are intricacies attached to that space, which go all the way back to the Old Testament and the Old Temple um, and uh, and have a long and very tradition in um, both Eastern and Western Christendom uh, to, to uh, articulate why our churches look the way they do now. When, when the people look in all the iconography, and that is not an, a simple decoration of the temple itself, have a lot of meaning, right? So, the, so, so architects will make a distinction, and liturgical architects especially, Good. between ornamentation and decoration. Okay. So decoration would be things like, uh, decoration is something you put on a thing that already is, 
right? So you decorate your Christmas tree because you hang, you hang baubles on, on the tree. It's a little confusing because in English we call those ornaments, but that, ignore that for a minute. Yeah. Ornamentation has to do with the structure of the building itself and the things that you put in place to articulate its meaning, right? So in a Christian church, I am keenly aware there are two or three examples here in Des Moines that are not built this way. I can't account for that. But in a Christian church, the altar, one solitary altar, is intended to be the primary piece of furniture. It's to be the largest thing in the building, and it's to occupy the center of focus because that's the space where the sacrifice itself is offered. He saved it for the offer. There is, uh, there's another church in town that is otherwise pretty reasonably built, but they relatively recently acquired an ambo, which is wider than the altar. This suggests that the word is more important than the sacrament. It's just not true. So I told the pastor when he got it, that's a stupid piece of furniture. He said, how can furniture be stupid? I said, because the furniture says something that isn't true. And that's the point of, 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 of church architecture here is that we speak by the way that we build. Absolutely. And if we wind up saying things that aren't quite true, then you can wind up deforming the faith of the people. And so it's no great surprise, right, that in these places where the uh, the, the where traditional architecture was issued, uh, that the faith largely died. And unfortunately, this kind of uh, unclear presumption, knowing what expecting the Holy Catholic Church about it, create also in the people misunderstanding who is the center, who is the worship a scenario real, describably, literally, versus that, no, for me, looks aesthetical, very attractive. Right. It's more welcoming, you know? That word welcoming is right. very dangerous in that language. Well, they, they wind up, first of all, the, the use of the language of sacred space is a kind of a misnomer. Space is, by definition, empty, right? And, and, and Christian worship sites are not empty. They're full of things they, that have specific functions, right? Um, you don't want your church to look like the lobby of a bank because, well, it might get people to give you more money. It doesn't lead them to the worship of Almighty God. And the purpose of a Christian church is not simply to gather people together for some random thing, right. but the worship of the triune God. Absolutely, absolutely. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Blessman International. According to a global food security report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help them all, but how about one? One child. Blessman International provides 60,000 children in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75%. Yes, 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits beginning January 1st of this year. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online, ctoiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. If we ask in our communities, Father, how many of those guys knowing literally what happened and what we have at the church? When I mean at the altar. Right. So, so clearly, uh, right, we, uh, we have a lot of people, and this isn't a new problem, a lot of people that come to churches because they think they're supposed to, but they have no clear sense of what's going on. And the, and the buildings historically have, have told you what's going on by the way that they're structured. You know, um, uh, confessionals historically were kept at the door. Um, and, and the reason for that was the confessional and the baptistry were the entrances, right? So, 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 so we dip our hands in holy water as we come into the church, whichever door we come in, because we're renewing our baptism. The rite of baptism begins at the front door of the church because baptism is the doorway or the gateway into the church. Adults that are, or that are, that are baptized always knock on the door of the church before they're first received into the order of the catechumens. And so, 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 so doors are important. The confessional would stay by the door because if you've put yourself outside the church by sin, then you need to come back in through the door. Through the sacrament of reconciliation. That's right. But also during the funeral. And the Remember funeral when rites. When so, so we receive rites. the casket at the main entrance so the funeral and rites, it's blinking water. That's right. So the funeral rites deliberately parallel the rites of baptism. So, 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 so just as, as an infant, we're carried into the church. So at our funeral, we're carried into the church. We're covered with the water as babies and we're covered with the water at, at, at the funeral mass. We're clothed with the white garment and we're clothed again with the white garment. We're Beautiful. lit from the candle. We're brought right near the candle. And then the rite of baptism, of course, ends at the altar. And the, the, the casket is brought nearest to the altar as it can be and incensed, as are the gifts, to indicate that the sacrifice of the deceased person's life is now uh, connected inextricably with the sacrifice of Christ. And also the Pascal candle is right in the front of the right casket there. because in light also the transition from this temporal light to the eternal life. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The the the, uh, the bits of furniture, as it were, in the church are, are are most significant. The altar on which is effected the sacrifice of the cross, made present under those sacramental signs, is also the table of the Lord, by which the people of God are convoked to participate in the Mass and the center of thanksgiving. Therefore, the altar needs to be the most prominent thing in the whole church. It's got to be right front and center so that there's no confusion about what's going on here. Must be the center. It has to be the center. Now, there should be an architectural congruity 
between the altar and the ambo, from which the word is proclaimed. And it is certainly true that the council speaks about two tables from which we're fed, the table of God's word and the table of the sacrament. But that should not give any indication, like, there's just, there's not instances in history of pulpits or ambos looking like altars. And it's not clear how you would offer a sacrifice on it. And like that, that's pushing the metaphor too far, but there should be a congruity between the altar and the ambo. It's worth noting now that, that in the, in the modern, right, there's one ambo. Historically, there've typically been two, um, one for the gospel and one for the other readings. Um, and in some older churches, you'll still see two podiums, one typically lower and smaller than the other one. Um, and, and, um, while we don't use them in the same way anymore, it's worth reflecting on, like, there's a kind of natural progression, even as the word is proclaimed. And at the same time, we have an special place for the priest. When I said a special place for the priest or location for the priest, the priest is not the center That's right. of the sacrifice. And sometimes uh, we, well, we have certain decisions from the local right. pastors so, about well, the location of the church. Sure. So the, so, so the celebrant's chair is an important part of the church's architecture. Um, and it, in, it historically has involved at least three seats, one for a priest, one for a deacon, and one for was Alter called server. a subdeacon or a server, right? Exactly. Um, but the but the idea is that the celebrant uh, the celebrant presides, um, and and presidere means the one who sits in front of. So that that's right. He sits before the rest, um, and uh, and when a bishop performs his most essential offices, he's actually seated at the chair. Right. Um, this has led to a kind of. Um, uh, confusion, architectural confusion that presumes then that the best way to organize a church is to have the celebrant's chair sort of front and center behind the altar. Um, there are ancient basilicas that operate this way. Those ancient basilicas were almost all courthouses before they were churches. And so this chair that the priest took over was once upon a time a magistrate's chair. But even in those places, and I know because I lived in one for three years in Rome, the altar is raised up so high, you can't even see the celebrant when he's seated. Okay. Okay. So that it's very, very clear what's actually most important here. Um, the other thing is that we, we've become very accustomed to the notion that the celebrant presides over by like turning toward and saying prayers in the direction of the people. And there are certainly times that the priest is supposed to pray while facing the people, but um, there's an ambiguity here that's deliberate because while you might be able to see the priest while he's praying. This is the most important thing you can ever hear about the mass. The mass is not directed to you. The mass is not directed to the assembly. That's not what the assembly is there for. If you needed to do that, like you could go to some kind of self-help group. What the mass is intended to do is bring all those people, the assembled community into the worship of almighty God. And that can happen no matter what direction the people are facing. But if, if by facing the people were giving the impression that like the Eucharistic prayer is offered to you, you've simply misunderstood the Mass. It's only to honoring That's right. our Lord Jesus Christ himself. The other part that is worth saying, right, is that where the people sit is important too. And that, that the body of the church where the people sit is called the nave. It's where we get our English word navy from. And it's because the church, churches historically have been made to look like boats. The idea is that the church itself not the building, but the body of believers, is what keeps you safe on the rocky waters of life. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why do I have to go to confession? Whoa, when are you going to take all that garbage out? I don't have to. But I don't want to go tell the garbage man about this. 
He's not a fiery furnace to burn away all my garbage. He's just a man. If we let the garbage of sin build up in our souls, life gets pretty disgusting. So it's good that Christ told his apostles, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. That way, Christ's forgiveness of sins won for us on Calvary comes to us even today through the successors of the apostles, Catholic priests. So when we go to confession, we gain the gift of humility by having to speak our sins aloud. Then we receive counsel, and finally, through the mercy of God, we hear the priest say the words that Christ has given him to speak in his name. I absolve you from your sins. Go in peace. And that is pretty cool. For more, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Musicians, liturgists, pastors, and guests join the Des Moines Diocese Chapter of the National Association of Pastoral Musicians at a Mass and Reception Sunday, November 21st, 3 p.m. at St. Ambrose Cathedral. Come, make a joyful noise during the Mass, which will include a blessing of musicians. Following Mass, enjoy light refreshments and networking opportunities at the Pastoral Center. Contact Sarah Graff for more information. Des Moines IA at mpm.org. Des Moines IA at mpm.org. The Diocese of Des Moines is now offering the option of receiving the Catholic Mirror digitally. If you would like to receive your copy of the Catholic Mirror in a digital format via email instead of your regular copy that comes in your mailbox, visit dmdiocese.org slash catholic-mirror. That's dmdiocese.org slash catholic-mirror. You'll see the digital version heading at the top and a hyperlink on sign up here. Visit dmdiocese.org slash catholic-mirror. That's dmdiocese.org slash catholic-mirror. Welcome back, Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Speaking about the AMBO, the place where we proclaim the Word of God, the liturgy of the Word for this coming 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time, St. Paul in the second reading in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 11, 14, and 18, making a providential connection about this basilica. Brothers and sisters, Every priest stands daily at his ministry, offering frequently those same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But this one offered one sacrifice for sins and took his seat forever at the right hand of God. Now he waits until his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has made perfect forever those who are being consecrated. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer offering for sin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, before the break, you mentioned clearly about Eucharistic prayer. It's not for the people. It's not for the people. It's our prayer offered to God, right? And so, so, so what's significant here, right, that, that it, when, um, when permission was given for the, uh, for the Mass to be celebrated facing the people, and, uh, and, and the directive was made that altars should be pulled up apart from the wall so that it, they could be celebrated in either direction, which is still the way it reads. So you, so you shouldn't have a church that it's impossible to celebrate facing eastward either. That's against the missile. Um, is, uh, the, the reason given was so that the people could better see what the priest was doing. Now, ironically, at the same time, they reduced the rubric so much that the priest hardly does anything. That's a different thing. The, the, the important move here, right, is that it's so that the people could better participate in the action of the priest, not 
so that the, the so that the priest could play to the people, which is the way this often happens. So I want you to hear again this epistle to the Hebrews. Imagine Jesus offering the eternal sacrifice and pandering to his audience. Every priest stands daily at his ministry, offering frequently those same sacrifices that can never take away sins. So, like, are we imagining Zechariah slitting the goat's throat and smiling at the crowd or something? Like, what is this supposed to be, right? Whereas instead, right, what's going on here is the words that the Lord said at the supper and accomplished, fulfilled on the cross are made present for us again when we gather with the gifts. But the fundamental movement is not of the priest doing something outward toward the people. You know, often priests will do the, in seminary, we used to call this the lazy Susan consecration, right? As he extends the host out to the people, as he says, take this all of you and eat of it, or he tips the chalice toward the people. And and people like it because it makes them feel more involved. Like, like a welcoming. You mentioned a very clear, clear point here to highlight, to talking about it. Father, sometimes it's not a social event. It's not, I mean, uh, sometimes the priests come down to give peace to all Almost right. a whole congregation. No, it, what it, is the meaning of that point? It distorts It distorts the, the meaning. I haven't restored the peace since COVID, and it's not because I don't believe in peace, but it's because I don't think anybody really ever got what that was about ritually, at least in this part of the world. So the reason the Pax exists where it does in the, in the Roman Rite is because it flows from the Blessed Sacrament through the priest to the assembly. So the older Rite actually had made this clearer. The priest would kiss the chalice and then say, the peace of the Lord be with you always and kiss the deacon. And then the deacon would kiss the subdeacon. And then in some places, the subdeacon would go and then it would be passed through the crowd. But but it's gotten very distorted and it seems like just a chance to sort of say hi before communion, which is the opposite of what it's for. Ritual has a tendency to do this. Um, it, it, we, we perform actions and lose the sense of what they're after. And so... So part of the church's job is to constantly remind people that the form of our prayer is intended to shape the meaning of our prayer. Absolutely. And also looking Jesus as a center of our life. Mm-hmm. And center of our life, that means the priest disappeared. Is the altar yeah. Christus. Right. Altar Christus is not the main star. So the reason the priest especially in those most solemn moments, really shouldn't be looking at the people is because the rubrics and the missile tell him he should bow slightly and focus his direction on on what he's consecrating. Like, that's what this is for. This is why the Roman Missal is next to you. Right. It's not to memorize the, <laughs> the, the words. There was a time um, when the words of consecration specifically were not written down. Um, they were called, the, the, the old uh, English and Irish missals call the words of consecration, the most dangerous prayer. And the words were not written down on the assumption that the, the priest had to memorize them. And this was part of like the, the ordination test, I guess, um, that the guys would take in order to prove that you were, you were ready to do this. But the idea, the idea was that these words were so holy, so hallowed that, um, that they, they, they couldn't even be properly inscribed. Um, the, the, the move here, right is not to cut down or diminish the importance of the assembly. The assembly is essential. Otherwise, the priest is just talking to himself. Like, that's not this is for. But that, done rightly, in concert, the priest, like a conductor, brings a whole orchestra to make a symphony before God, each one playing their proper part, the priest simply leading the charge. And obviously honoring God. This is the beauty of the liturgy, because our responsibility is lead the people to God, not to us. Not to us. 
is lead the people to God and obviously praise God for his sacrifice at the altar. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I, I, I would tell men when I was teaching in the seminary, uh, preparing to celebrate Mass, um, and this is meant figuratively, so this is not misunderstood, but you should be naked under your vestments. You should be as bare as you can be so that nobody, nobody really can see you. All they should be seeing is Christ. And time. if you're doing, if you're doing, if you're praying rightly when you pray the mass, then it's never about Fabian or PJ or Jim or Frank or Ted or whoever. It's about Jesus. Approaching our ending program, could you please send them with your blessing, Father? May the peace and blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists. 